Good afternoon. Welcome to Devash Lafi. I know we're going slow through Revelation, and that's okay. It's sort of like taking uh, a food that you like and eating it slowly. We're savoring the delicious juices, the delicious every aspect of the food, so we really enjoy it. Sipping or sipping your coffee slowly or your your delicious healthy juice that you're drinking. All right, so Revelation 1, 8 and 9, we hope to look at right now. Revelation 1, 8, remember uh, in Revelation 1, 8, he says that I am the Alpha and the Omega, which is like saying in Hebrew, the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the end. But then later in chapter in the 20s, he says, I'm the beginning and the end. Here he says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So quickly at looking at that again, the same like saying in Hebrew, the just like the Greek letters, Aleph, Alpha and Omega, first letter of the alphabet, last letter of the alphabet, the Hebrew would be Aleph and Tav, 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, by the way, and all have significance, numerical, every Hebrew letter has a numerical significance, like Aleph is number one, and Beit is number two, and everything going on up, but they don't go actually exactly sequential, but they all have significance, and and the idea is it's the first and last letters, and it is the idea he's the beginning and the end, but all that's in between, every letter in between, he's everything, he's all the other letters are included, that's the idea here. And then he says, I'm the one who is, was, and is to come. And in the Hebrew, it's really, in the Greek, rather, it's really from the is, from the is. And let me look at it again here, from the is, and the, from the is, and the, uh, here it is, the is, the one, the is, the one being, the one who was, the was, and the one coming. The one who is, the one who is being, is being, the one who was being, and the one who is coming, is coming. Emphasis on, he's coming, he's coming back. Again, remember, this is the emphasis of the apocalypse, the uncovering of Yeshua's second coming, his return. So he then he says the Almighty, he is, the was, and the coming, the coming one. And then he's the Almighty, Pantokrator in Greek, Pantokrator, supremacy. In the New Testament, it's only here in the book of Revelation, nine times. One more time in the New Testament, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He's the Almighty. It would be equivalent to Adonai Tzavaot, a Hebrew name of God that we love. The Lord God Almighty, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the armies of heaven, the Lord of the celestial armies, the Lord of the angelic armies. All the angels are at his command. He says, and they follow. He's the head of the armies, the general, and they follow him. And so he's the uh, Alpha and Omega, the Aleph and the Tav. That's his omniscience. He knows everything. He's the is, the was, and the coming one. That's his omniscience. He's everywhere present. He's everywhere at the same time. God is everywhere. There's no, no place that escapes his presence, like Psalm 139 describes so beautifully. Then he's the Almighty. He's the Adonai Tzavot. He's all-powerful. He's all-powerful. Omnipotence. Omnipotence. So omniscience, omnipresence, and omnipotence. He's all-powerful. Nothing he can't do. Now let's go into verse 9. Verse 9. I, John, he says, 
He says, I, John, he begins to, he's identifying himself once again. This is not the first time. He did it earlier. In 1-2, he says, I, he bear record of the word, he bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Yeshua, of the Messiah Yeshua. He's, but, uh, and then also in 1-4, he says, John to the seven ecclesia, ecclesias, the, the seven congregations, the, the outcalled ones of God, the God's congregations. But he first opens pointing to Yeshua. The Bible, the, the book starts out with, remember, the revelation, apocalypsis, the, the uncovering, the unveiling of Yeshua, the Messiah. He's the center. He's the one he's pointing to. The Messiah, Yeshua, he's the one. He's the emphasis. And he continually is pointing us to him and who he is and to what he's done. And then what he's going to do, he's going to return. He's going to come back. So John identifies himself in relationship to who Yeshua is. Now, immaturity in believers, if I can go, diverge for a moment, immaturity in believers is, believers is sometimes revealed in those who, when they, they'll, they'll speak, when they speak, speak constantly referring to themselves. And they make themselves the center rather than Yeshua the center. Me, my ministry, it's all about me and I and me, my ministry, all about me. Well, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5, this is a beautiful verse, for we do not preach or proclaim ourselves, but Messiah Yeshua as Lord, and ourselves your servants as your servants for Messiah's sake, We're hit for Yeshua's sake. So we don't proclaim ourselves. We have to mention ourselves. So of course we mention it has to be flesh and blood. It has to be relatable. But we proclaim Yeshua, the Messiah, and we are your servants for his sake. Or Paul says, I've been crucified. I've been crucified with Messiah. And it's no longer I who live, but Messiah who lives in me. Galatians 2.20. So immaturity, you, you know it when you see someone that's constantly talking about me, my, my, my. It's all about me. And it's kind of kind of nauseating sometimes when it happens, but you realize it's just a sign of immaturity. You know, Paul, it's interesting, in Romans chapter 7 and 8, I remember seeing years ago, noticing how Paul, in Romans 7, count how many times he uses the pronouns I, myself, and me, and my, because he's caught up in himself and caught up in his struggle of self and sin and self-consciousness. And then when he realizes the finished work of the Messiah and the grace of God, and how much in chapter eight, he's all, it's all about Yeshua. It's all about who Yeshua is and what he's done in his final atonement for sin. And it's all about Yeshua, very little speaking of himself. Well, John writes as one, listen, John writes as one who has paid the price of exile for his faithfulness in proclaiming the word of God. He says, John, I, John, who am also your brother, and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Yeshua the Messiah. And I was in this island, this island called Patmos, for the word of God and for the testimony of Yeshua the Messiah. John is writing, I, John, ego, Iwana, wanos, 
I won. Wano. I, I wanos. John. I John, the brother. I'm Adelphos. I'm a, your brother. I'm your brother. I'm the, I'm in your I'm I'm with you in this difficult difficult I'm in this calling in this suffering. I'm with you because he's under persecution. He's been banished there by the emperor, by Ro the Roman authorities, whether it was Nero or uh, Dominician, different different uh, commentators believe it was different Nero, a different um, emperor. But during a period of persecution, he was banished to this island. And he says, I, John, the brother of you, the co-sharer and the co-sharer, it means the joint participant, joint participant, I'm a co-sharer with you in this, in Yeshua, in Yeshua, in the affliction, the kingdom, and endurance. Three things. So John says, he's writing, I've paid the price for exile because I'm proclaiming, for proclaiming the word of God. He says, it's because of the word of God and my witness for Yeshua, my testimony of Yeshua, that I've been banished here. You know, when you... When you proclaim the word of God, when you live for the word of God, when you're a living epistle in 2 Corinthians 3, 2, you will pay a price for it, for following the Lord and for being a testimony, a light to the world. You will. It's part of it. All who live godly in the Messiah Yeshua will what? Suffer persecution. All, not some. Ultimately. It doesn't mean every day, but it will happen at times. It will happen. Absolutely. Yes, all who live godly will suffer in 2 Timothy 3.12. Yeshua said, These things I've spoken unto you, to you, that in me you might have shalom in peace. But in the world you will have suffering, if tribulation. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. John 16.33. So, Patmos, he says, he says, and, and by the way, J. Vernon McGee loved his com the old J. Vernon McGee commentators. Some of you can, I can still hear his voice hearing him years ago from the from the recordings. And uh, you know, he said, he said, uh, you get into trouble when you teach all the word of God. You'll get into trouble. So John is here. Harry Ironside says this beautiful comment. Harry H. Ironside says, John's spirit remains until Yeshua comes, and. And if he had not been banished to that island, this island, this rocky, lonely island of Patmos, we would not have the book of Revelation like we do. But because God saw that he was banished there where he's lonely and he's going to receive this vision and the book of Revelation that we have it today. So for some 1900 years since then, now believers have that followers of Yeshua have the powerful, this powerful apocalypse this unveiling of Yeshua. And so when Yeshua said, he's going to remain, told uh, Peter, John's going to remain until I come. That's what he probably meant. What he's recorded will remain. More about Patmos tomorrow and uh, this uh, powerful verse. We're going slow, as I said, because we're salad. We're, we're treasuring each part of these powerful verses of Scripture for right now. Shalom, have a Yom Tov.